All right, man. Barry Nobles. Uh, am I saying your last name right? Nobles. Correct. Nobles. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, thank you for coming to hang, man. This is cool. Um, we were kind of talking earlier and stuff, but I don't really know a whole lot about like your career, and, and I know you are a professional cyclist, but or is that even the right word? Like, What would you classify yeah, yourself? Yeah, uh, okay. professional cyclist. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was actually um, I was getting into mountain biking, and I picked up a bike and started watching some videos on YouTube, and I actually came across a video of yourself and another guy, you guys were working on the lightning trail. And you guys were yeah. working on some jumps and stuff. And then I saw you, after you guys were working on it, at the end of the video, you get actually hit the trail and were like doing all these like big tabletops and all this stuff and making it look so easy. And I was like, dude, who is this guy? <laughs> and so long story short, I was uh, then I discovered you and all your riding and stuff. I was like, holy shit, dude, I got to get this guy on the podcast. It'd be cool. Um, <laughs> so thanks for coming, man. This is cool. And you rolled up. I got anyone who's not seen your setup on your motorcycle it's really cool um you've got a setup on the back where you're actually able to carry your bmx bike while riding your harley which is i guess it's harley i don't know what it was. yeah um it's pretty awesome you said it was like your own design i hadn't seen anybody else do that yeah it's um a little side hobby project called southern class company southern class co on instagram um, okay it's just a bike rack i developed that bolts straight like quick release mounts straight on to harley davidson's and it all started when I was living out in California. I mean, we can split lanes in California, yeah. so uh, taking the motorcycle was like the best way to go anywhere and the I'm quickest. Sure, and, yeah, with traffic out there. Yeah, it's crazy. And I saw a couple other people with bike racks, and there was always a bike rack that didn't have something that I wanted it to have. So after I just a lot of trial and error, I kept developing different racks, and I think like uh, a third or fourth go, I finally got what you saw outside and. Um, yeah, I built those through COVID. It was, I knocked out a bunch of them. You okay. know, I moved back to Alabama from California right before COVID. And then obviously COVID happened and we all shut down. And I was like, well, I got a lot of time in the shop now and started just knocking out all these racks, got a lot of uh, traction going. And it's just through my own social media. I had a, I had a good, um, uh, there was a lot of awareness around my bike racks that yeah. people knew about, but I didn't push it as like a product. And yeah, I finally had a chance to start pushing it. It was going good. And then my race season started back up and now I don't make them anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> I try to, I just don't have any time. It sucks. I've, there's about 25 of them floating around the country right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So very, very limited quantities. Very, very limited. There are every, every rack is custom per order per motorcycle. So. Uh, I guess you weld them and do all that. I stuff. do everything. Yeah, yeah. I got wow, a cool. I got a guy in down right here in downtown Birmingham that does all my laser work for like the little stuff that needs to be cut out, like the specialty metal, and he cuts it up. I weld everything together and ship them out. Well, maybe you could partner up with somebody, man, and like get that like just start your little side company building. Uh, yeah, that's future goal. Stuff. Future goal cool. for sure. When I'm when I'm too old to ride at the level that I'm riding at, hopefully that's my fallback. Is that's kind of the goal, you know? Hopefully working from home and build racks at at the house and actually make it a proper company. Okay, so if anybody out there wants to get a bike rack from Barry, uh, just know that. He'll get to it when he can. <laughs> yeah, man, the list. I had to stop signing into my Southern Class Instagram because oh, really? the DMs are so Dude, overwhelming. Give me one. I want one yeah, second. I just I just stopped logging in. I did a post saying, "Hey, we're off for a while. I'm, I got to focus on racing. Being a professional yeah. athlete is number one." So, yeah, I don't even sign in. I hate it. I hate t telling people no. Yeah, definitely. But what sets yours? Uh, I mean, 
there's nobody else out there designing one quite like yours? And there's no other rack like uh, the ones really? I make. Yeah, every one of them it, it either one. takes up a lot of the back seat area. Okay. And then you don't have any room for storage. Like right now, my wife can ride on the back, and I can put all my luggage around her. Like have, I don't have to take a wheel off the bike. It's either like. The bike sits upright and hangs real far off the back of the motorcycle, oh, okay. real goofy. Oh. And or you got to take a front wheel off, and it sits weird, and it's like right behind your back. And um, yeah, I just it's like if I, if I want to take my bike, I need to take all my gear too. Yeah. So I just developed it where it's it sits up upright, it hooks on the handlebar, it goes from it fits my uh, BMX bike, my twenty six inch dirt jumper, even up to my six fifty B enduro mountain bike. So all sizes. I don't have to do any adjustments. It's all all quick releases on and off the bike. Yeah. It's it's a pretty awesome product if Dude, you're if you're awesome. a rider. You know, take that Shark Tank or something, man. That's yeah, I, I know it, it would be it'd be a cool one. I haven't quite wrapped my head around that. I need to do something before someone. I have a timestamp and I've covered my bases on someone like stealing the idea, but it's still okay. there's it's still time since. Well, not time sensitive, but I don't want it to go another five years, and I haven't done anything with it. You know, it's yeah. it's a it's a, obviously a very rare thing that I need to. I really need to sit on gold mine, with. dude. Yeah, yeah, just no time, not enough time in the day. I hear you. Well, dude, um, like I said, uh, I, I've seen some videos and stuff of you. I don't, I'm not like super in tune with your career and, and what all you're doing, but I have seen you kind of shredding the City Walk Park and. Um, that was actually what made me want to reach out to you again, um, was when you were in town and you actually backflipped the volcano, um, mm -hmm. in the, in the big bowl. Um, I'll pull a clip up of that, but man, it was super cool. And I was like, gotta get this guy on. Yeah. So when did you first get into riding and stuff? And, uh, I think you said earlier we were talking, you are from Alabama. Originally. Correct. Okay. Yes. Down in, uh, Wetumpka, which is right beside, right by Montgomery. Um, okay. so I grew up down there and I actually started racing back in like 89, 90, in at Lagoon Park, which is the state park in uh, Montgomery. Okay. Just a super small park that had a BMX track. I was like three or four years old. My parents took me out there, and that was kind of the sport was kind of on a down, downfall, late 80s. Um, track shut down. So then I'm just living with Tomko and no track nearby. Kept riding BMX. Uh, might literally my whole childhood. And we were up here. We were in Birmingham, I think seeing family or something. And my dad heard there was a BMX race out at Oak Mountain. And it was a rain day. I remember it like it was yesterday. We rolled out there. It was a huge mud race, but it was their state championships. So they went forward with the race. Oh, know, yeah. Right. Yeah, they'll, okay. they'll race in the mud. It's lightning is the only thing that really will stop a uh, race gotcha. from it. So, yeah, saw it and got, got a flyer. And the next season, a few months later, when the season started up again the following year, uh, started it and here i am 20 years later still doing it and yeah, that's awesome yeah and that was so i would commute um from wetumpka to birmingham i mean every single weekend probably about a year or so after I i've been racing for a little bit my parents ended up taking over the track so bmx what? oh really yeah my wow. parents my the, the actual the bmx track at oak mountain right now my mom had or where it is my mom had built okay. it was originally over by the golf course more and it was like right by the lake now there's yeah. just a bit if you go ride mountain bikes you go out to the the north or the south trailhead i think it is you'll pass like a little grass area right on the water they do a lot of crossfit stuff the bmx track i started on used to be right there yeah I remember. and then that. they wanted yeah. to yeah move it over in the park my mom was uh the one in charge of everything so she had it moved to the park that it's the spot that it's in now and yeah so my understanding yeah. is that the BMX track is actually separate from the state park, kind of like flip side water sports. Like basically it's, um, 
an entity within the park in some mm-hmm. capacity. Right. So yeah. I don't know if you if you're going to race, do you just get into the park and just go race or or how that works? But they said that yeah. Um, I was talking to somebody and they were like, yeah, the track hours are actually different than the park hours. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe in some capacity. I mean, you can only get in if the park is open, right? right, right. But uh, yeah, you just pay to get in the park, and then the track is its own separate thing. I mean, Oak Mountain is still super helpful. Sure, with the park, they help out a lot, donate equipment. And, uh, they're they're great to work with. So it's separate business, I guess. But you'd it's say, uh, but it's, it's not maintained by the Oak Mountain staff no, or anything. No, like that. not not oh, at all. Okay, I, I think I think they'll like cut the grass around the outer edges, but inside the fence is purely Oak That's Mountain's good. job or uh, Oak Mountain BMX's. Uh, job so are you guys is your family still a part of that the maintaining the track no no they i mean they stopped when i was probably 16 oh wow. i think okay. they did it for about five or six years and then when i i turned pro at 17 so by that point i was really starting to travel a lot i wasn't on, on the local scene near as much my mom was running the place by my dad's working so my mom was up there all the time by herself and yeah which she loved but at the end of, i mean this is uh what early 2000s or so and I don't know. I think a female running the track just at the time wasn't really. A, I don't I know. I think there was just some some headbutts going. Sure, or, you know, yeah, there's yeah. always something going on. So she's like, you know what, Barry's not here anymore. Like, I'll hand it over to somebody else. And yeah, I mean, if, if her son's not a part of it, you know, mm-hmm. as much or moving on to bigger and better things. And it's right. like, okay, how much do I love you know getting out here and playing yeah. in the dirt every day? Yeah, every weekend. She misses it though, man. I wish I wish I could build her a track down in Wetumpka. There's one in Prattville that she can. It doesn't really, it does well, but it's not as big as Oak Mountain, and she just doesn't have the time. But, man, I hate it when she, I know she has the passion for it like I do. Well, that was my next question. Um, It's hard to believe that Oak Mountain has the biggest, you know, or especially back then, the only uh, real BMX track. You said the one in Wetumpka actually closed down. Yeah, yeah, the Montgomery one closed down. There's there's one in Dothan that's always been. It's actually one of, like, could be one of the best tracks in the country but it's in Dothan, Alabama. So it's not the easiest place to get to if you're not a local driving there. And But it's a beautiful track they have down there. Huge, real fast, high-speed, long track. It's been there since I've started as well. And uh, it just it doesn't have the rider count being down really? there. Yeah, I guess being closer to like, uh, you know, Birmingham's kind of was the biggest city in the state until yeah. I think Huntsville surpassed us maybe a year or two ago. But Did they? Uh, yeah. I oh, think, wow, I didn't know think, that. Uh, yeah, Rocket City, man. I think they... Um, are officially the biggest city in Alabama. I could be wrong. Population-wise? Population-wise. Okay. Infrastructure, I feel like the city, we have a bigger metropolitan. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm second-guessing it now. Hmm. I think that's true. I've think I hear. i heard so many things. When I moved back to Alabama, um, there was some stats about Huntsville being one of the highest, uh, the biggest growing city in America. It's cool, man. I was up there for work and uh, just riding around and seeing all the cool stuff they've got going on the whole down downtown is you know uh, a lot of construction and stuff going on everywhere and so i was like man we need to come up here and just like take a trip and hang out and just yeah. get to know huntsville go to the rocket uh museum and yeah stuff. um but yeah man so when you first got into riding i guess obviously it took on like a wildfire and uh, just like any kid with any sport you know uh at what point did you realize like hey i could probably do this on more of a professional level um, you know, I, I, I've been asked that question before and it's, uh, I feel like it was just a gradual thing. It's just what, it's just what I do, you know, and I had so much, I loved riding bikes. Uh, 
and racing was just i mean i love the freestyle side just two wheels in general i just i love just being on bikes yeah whether it's out doing dirt jumps freestyle tricks or racing it was just what i enjoyed and it was just that's just what i do you know i, I got older all right cool i'm gonna go pro one day and there was a there was a way to make money in this open class and as an amateur for a while and i started making Making racing, this is racing. This, okay. Yeah, sorry. This is racing. And uh, I started making 100, 200 bucks a weekend as an amateur. Ooh, I'm like, this yeah. is huge, Big you know? Money, yeah. yeah. I got my first cell phone. And I, I was paying my own cell phone bill from doing it, you know? How old were you? Uh, that would have been 16. Because I think, okay. it was, oh, yeah, it was a 16 and over open. And they paid 125 bucks for the win. So it was like the semi-pro class almost. It was okay. all the top amateurs over 16 were ra – they raced this class. You know, the kids that are going to eventually be pro, they race this class. It's just and like a – is this just like in the southeast or is this like a national this is na thing? This is country – yeah, okay. uh, countrywide. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. This was uh, with the national – NBL, the National Bicycle League, which isn't around anymore. It's uh, It was National Bicycle League was more of the east coast um organization and aba american bicycle association was the west coast well now they merged into one it's just usa bmx USA all, all BMX. together yeah so mbl did this that open thing which like i said it was more of an east coast every now and then you have uh west coast races but aba was the same way everything was on the west coast and every now and then there was an east coast event so yeah that started started making 100 bucks every now and then from that and then then obviously the next the progression was all right cool i'm gonna go pro one day i won world championships uh at 16 years old as, as an amateur and the following year i turned pro and it's just like every year just builds and it wasn't it was kind of like so to answer your question it was never like i, I want to be it was just what i did it's yeah. like it was just kind of given like no that's that's what i'm it wasn't, wasn't like a like a click like yeah. i think i'm gonna do this like, gonna no, do this no i'm gonna do this this okay. is this is what i do <laughs> so what how many races are there per season um i know lately it's just been I'm glad to catch you while you're in town because i know you've been on the road and um yeah. we'll talk about that but like on an average season i mean how many races are you looking at doing um for the pro level we have our pro series is it's on a, it's it's still ran like everything else but they have specific weekends for the pro weekends and i want to say we're on we average about one a month so it's yeah 12 to 13 weekends there's two races per weekend so 24 20 24 to 26 it's not like you're yeah. racing every single week right no no but growing up it was like that sure. every race was a pro race and yeah. it was like i mean you almost had to be there almost every other weekend would be gone for Oh man, I, I think back to those days, and I, I there's no Just way I could, hold, yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't even comprehend those days anymore, man. But yeah, we used to race a lot, but now not so much. Now average about one or two times a month. Yeah, okay, which is cool. And we get uh, December and January off. Our championships at the end of November, Thanksgiving weekend, and we normally start back up for the following season, the first weekend of February. So That's it's good. it's pinned. It's a good way to stay active, I guess. Yeah. 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 yeah that's awesome. But you, you know, alongside the racing, I've also seen you've got some pretty rad like freestyle skills and stuff, mm. you know. And I guess that's a whole separate section of riding, you know, when it gets to like freestyle BMX and stuff you see like X games and you know. But like I've seen you, you know, up at the park and I need to pull up that clip, man. Mm. Like uh for anybody listening, we do have a YouTube channel. You can check out some of these videos. 
Uh, it's probably not on here, but I know here's a no, there. clip you of you can... running through the the yeah. pump track, man. And I've seen a couple of other riders on here, and it's like, dude, the way you're going through <laughs> this course, just like. I think you cleared the whole thing in like five seconds. Now you're back around, which is pretty wild. And then airing out over that huge section right there. Pretty yep. rad, man. Um, did you ever compete as far as like uh, in the in the world of like freestyle in any way? So, um, yeah, more of a background. I went through two Olympic cycles. I uh, went through the, what? The, Wait a minute. You yeah. Went, really? Yeah. So it, it's funny starting this, like you filmed me once I got back here. But when I moved back to Alabama, it was like, it was it's truly been just a new chapter of my life you know it's uh i had a whole nother life in um when i was in california and a lot of people current i've been back uh july 19 so three years now it's uh we've been back in alabama and a lot of people are only known currently knowing me as current day barry you know yeah. but um yeah i went through uh the London 2012 Olympic cycle, uh, just missed out on making that. I didn't make that team. Did it again, leading into Rio Olympics. Missed it by one spot from going to the Rio Olympics. And by that point, it was like I was pretty blown, like worn out of yeah. BMX. I needed a break. I was dabbling with some mountain bike stuff. I've always kind of dabbled in the mountain bike world, but BMX is always what paid the bills. That was always priority. Always had this freestyle passion. So I started doing an event called Speed and Style in the Crankworks series, which is a worldwide mountain bike series. And uh, so it's like dual, like racing, they call it dual slalom. So it's like head to head. You're on your own course, matching courses, but it's a head to head. And then you throw a couple of ramps in the middle and you have these big trick scores. So I started from having my freestyle, my passion for freestyle. I was like, well, you know, this is like a perfect, this is a perfect discipline to fit my personality. We got racing and we have tricks. Like at, there wasn't many people doing, Dude, that's doing gnarly, yeah. both. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I started putting in a lot of effort af after that, um, after the US, the 2016 US Olympic trials is when I stopped, which is like summertime. I didn't stop. I just I'm taking a break from BMX. Didn't really know where I was gonna go. I just I just needed a break and I'm gonna go out do this do these other passion check these other goals I wanted. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so I'm doing freestyle. I'm putting all the work in. I had this huge backyard in California. I was interested in a little cul-de-sac, but I had a huge like these ramps and a big like padded landing okay. area. And and now it's a, a buddy of mine from the Nitro Circus bought that house and Monster Energy like built it into a full skate park. I was there a couple weeks ago and it's a pretty amazing Dude, that's setup awesome. now. And um yeah, I'll have to pull it up and show that. I was about one. to say, and, I feel uh, like I saw some like, yeah, YouTube videos or something yeah. that you're like it looked so like your backyard there. and yep. you're just out there like doing stuff. Yeah. And, so yeah, um, I started, yeah. So I started doing all this the trick stuff for mountain biking, and then I had an opportunity to do some just BMX dirt jump stuff because I re all, my childhood there's dream. So many sections, of man. Riding, it, I guess yeah, it, there's disciplines all over the place, especially. And then when you're an athlete that tries to balance it all, it's it's pretty tough. Ooh, but dude, yeah, yeah. Um, growing up, X Games was like like I said, I missed out on Olympics, but the Olympics was never like the childhood dream. It's just like okay. BMX got introduced into the Olympics, so all right, we're doing that now. But it wasn't like the childhood passion, not to take away from it by any means. But going X Games was my was my Olympics sure, was yeah. going. That's so, what we were raised on. Was like X it, Games is what was in front and center. Right, that was the cool thing. Yeah, That's yeah. The sponsorships were. I mean, that was it. You know. So since I stepped away from racing, I started kind of. Uh, there was BMX uh, dirt jump contest. Like, well, if I can do good at one of these contests, this is how you get in X Games. 
and I went and did well, and I ended up uh, getting invited to the 2019 um, X Games in Minneapolis for my first uh, BMX dirt contest, and I actually did the BMX dirt jumping and the Harley flat track hooligan racing, which made me the first uh, the first athlete to ever do a like two. yeah two different like a motorcycle and a bicycle yeah. uh, discipline. And then that was the last like stadium X Games. Then COVID happened. Obviously oh, so what year was this? This like, was 2019. 2019. Right before okay. COVID, yeah. And that was the goal. I was gonna. I went there, crashed on a double backflip on the first uh, first a double backflip. Yeah, Golly. and uh, hit my head pretty good. Didn't make finals. Um, so the goal was all right. Cool. I just moved back to Alabama, and while I'm going to X Games for my first time, which was such a dream come true. I'm leaving California, moving across country like with two months before. So it wasn't the best prep yeah. by any means. But I was like, you know, I got this property now. I'm going to build this compound and I'm going to get ready for the 2020 X Games. COVID happened and obviously everything shut down. And then BMX racing was still kind of going on. They were USA BMX was still doing races during COVID. And they were the only, there was the only thing happening. And really? I, at this time, I hadn't raced for three years. And I'm like, well, I don't want to just live behind social media. I'm like, well, well, let's just let's just go race BMX a couple. So times. you just hop back into racing after being out for right, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So saying that about how people see me now, there was a lot of kids. I mean, a couple years away from the sport, people forget about you. Yeah. Like a lot of the kids, and not not your peers and the ones around your age. I still still rode, and I still trained, but like the kids, I mean, it's such a cycle when new kids oh, coming yeah, into the sport. Yeah. They don't know who I am. So when I came back, I came back actually racing the vet class was just 30 and over pros and uh yeah and it just kind of blew up it's mm -hmm. been my career now has been better than my oh really my elite 10 years yeah Golly. it's crazy yeah. so so how long and i don't know if we said this off when we were recording or not but uh how long were you out in california uh i moved to california uh in april april 2009 and i left in april 2019 so just right at may sorry years. i left yeah. in may yeah right yeah just there. maybe we said that earlier but um yeah so during those 10 years uh you were mostly pursuing racing at that time yeah yeah okay. but you know it's, it's funny my one of my best elite seasons was my last year living in alabama that i didn't have the competition to ride with like I had the self-motivation to ride at that level, ride at that the elite Olympic level of BMX racers. I I won the most uh, elite wins I had was that year. I was up for the uh, national title and just it kind of kind of came on my shoulder. A lot of weight came on my shoulders really quick because I just started doing really well. I spent a lot of time in Florida. Florida's got a really good BMX racing scene. Okay. So I was racing. So that was where my competition was. So at home, I didn't have that competition, but I just started doing really well. I'm like, okay, I've made it. Like I'm a, I'm a top pro now. I'm winning all these. I'm winning the biggest races in the world. And uh, I had an opportunity to go to California for the World Cup, kind of, it was right after the Beijing Olympics, which is the first Olympics for BMX. The next year, they're all right, cool. Who's who's the next on the radar? Who can we start developing from 2009 to 2012 for the next Olympic run? Well, I was winning races. Um, I was winning those races during 2008, but the guys who were going to Olympics were they were it, already kind of they, established. they were already yeah. there, yeah. And uh, so I was kind of like one of the guys next in line, and got invited to California. To, for a training camp because the first World Cup was in Copenhagen, Denmark. Okay. 
and uh, I was in South Florida when I got that email, and I packed up everything. You're like, I'm coming, I, man. Yeah, Let's I do packed this. up everything down there, drove 12 hours home, uh, unpacked, repacked, left to California the next day, packed the whole car. I wasn't moving there. It was a two-week camp oh, I got, okay. that I got invited to the Olympic Training Center in Chula Vista, California, and, dude, I took everything. Like, I was moving. Like I took everything I had at... 21 or whatever yeah it probably wasn't much but yeah, yeah I it, threw everything in my little hatchback car and you're like i'm just gonna go out here for the time to do this training but yeah you didn't really have the idea like okay i'm gonna relocate to california there was there was no the the young brain right it was like i had that two weeks could have been two years yeah you know that there's two weeks here and then from at the end of the two weeks we're gonna go to europe i don't know what's gonna happen I, i'm throwing all my eggs into this two weeks this is my my shot yeah, you know yeah, and i didn't even know what happens after this race like okay I just all right yeah go home you know so oh, what do you have to lose yeah yeah so i packed up everything drove to california and two weeks california. turned into 10 years <laughs> yeah yeah and uh i ended up kind of well i ended up blowing my knee out that at that race we went to oh, so so then i got invited that was how i kind of stayed i got invited like okay well you obviously got hurt. Would you like to do your surgery and do all your rehab at the training center? You have a bed. We'll give you nine months. And I'm like, cool. I'm, that's how I'm living in California awesome. for almost another year, you know, yeah. like nine, another nine months. And, um, yeah. And at the end of that nine months, it was, uh, I forget what happened. I ended up going home for a couple months before I officially, officially moved out of California. Cause I was living, like I was in a dorm in the Olympic training center and, gotcha. yeah. and, uh, we were with all it the Chula Vista one was, is mainly, uh, like track and field outdoor out, uh, outdoor sports for Olympics. So, um, yeah, it was like a lot of the track and field people and all that. So it was, it was a really cool oh, experience cool. for yeah. sure. Yeah. See the javelin guy out there. Yeah. Know, working yeah. And stuff. yeah. Uh, they would come watch us do our BMX stuff. We'd be out there sitting in the middle of the track and field, watching all these, top athletes train and it was it was a cool experience i wish i would have actually soaking it soaking it up a little yeah, more hindsight's always 2020 right you look back on that that opportunity or, or those experiences and you said beijing olympics was the first introduction of bmx to Correct. the olympics yep it wow was, so yeah. pretty recent like yeah, uh, yeah i would have thought not, it would have been sooner yeah we only have we have four four runs now which four runs it seems so long when olympics are every four years yeah that is yeah it seems like a longer time i guess but i would have thought like you know cycling in some capacity would have been part of it a lot sooner especially the racing you know yeah uh, skateboarding's obviously just recently been mm -hmm. uh introduced and more of a freestyle type was it just racing or were there, were there all the different elements so of, when of skateboarding life? came in freestyle bmx freestyle came in came as well in. so okay. we had um beijing beijing london and rio it was just far just as racing. far as BMX was just BMX racing, and in Tokyo, all the action sports started. More action sports started coming in. Right. Okay. So that's awesome, man. Yeah. Um. So did you ever attempt? Uh, I know we've talked a lot about the racing side. Did you ever try to make, besides your appearance at the X Games, and you said you did like a double backflip, and mm -hmm. that's how you wiped out. Yeah. How does one train to do a double backflip or any of that? You know, it's, it's pretty well, wild, man. Being a racer, I don't have the biggest bag of tricks. Like yeah. my whole career has been pedaling really fast. I always had tricks, but not the big stuff, the big just crazy stuff. Just for fun stuff. when you get out with yeah, the boys. Yeah. It's like, hey, let's just go ride. Yeah, and I love doing backflips, and I've always been like I'm pretty known for doing flips at the at the racetracks. Like mm -hmm. there's a, when they have like they call them the pro sections, like the big gap jumps. I would always be the guy 
backflipping those. And Did you ever so, do it in a race? I guess. It's oh yeah. Good. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. kind of like a trademark for a really? while. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. Like if I'm say if I messed up or maybe there was a crash and I got up, I'd be. It's like if, well, if, the race is toast, but I can at least right. You know, so everybody knew the crowd. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. If Barry goes down, everybody knew to keep your eyes because I'm probably going to go do a backflip or something somewhere. That's so, pretty wild. but I always did those. I was so comfortable with flips and these smaller tricks. I'm like, well. I only really need that speeding style thing. There was only two jumps. So you're racing, but you have two jumps that you're scored on. I was like, well, I only really need two good tricks. You know, a good, like, whatever that may be. I need two good tricks. Yeah. Uh, so throw some combos in a flip. I'm like, well, I do one flip super easy. Well, let's just learn double flips. That's one. Like, what's realistic in a short time Until frame? Until we back flip at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. Exactly. And that was another one. So that was in the speed install stuff. I had double back flips. So, like, flip no hander was my, my first combo. And then, like, flip tail whips. And this is all on a mountain bike. So I started learning all these tricks. And I'm like, well, like, these these are all on a mountain bike. These are harder than, a little bit harder than a BMX bike. Like, sure, I should it's be able to learn bike, these. Yeah. You know, bigger tires and everything. Right. Like so I'm like, bigger well, suspension. Can, yeah. So I was like, well, if I can learn these on a BMX bike, then then maybe I'll have a chance to go to go to X game, make it X games in the qualifying events. They did, they call them the, um, the triple challenge. It's at supercross. They do it in like uh before a super, like the motocross races. Yeah. Yeah. They'll do them out in the parking lot on the pits. So it was like three stops, Anaheim, uh, one in Colorado and one in Texas. I want to say just as like, pre-game yeah kind of like some okay. sideshow but it was for for the bmxers like they're big contests sure, for yeah, us you definitely. know and you're at supercross yeah, right supercross, so we yeah, all you win a contest and it's like okay i'm gonna yeah. go watch uh whoever the that's the level we all want to be at anyways yeah. we all just want to be supercross riders and um so yeah i'm like and those are only two tricks i'm like dude all i need is two tricks two tricks i could qualify good and have a chance to go into x games yeah so I learned I learned two big tricks. Didn't have much of anything else, but I had two big tricks at the time. And then X game, then I made it X games, and it was one, two, three. It was five jumps. Like, okay, I got two. I need three more. And yeah, it was just I have that that athletic uh, or that that mindset, that training mindset. Yeah. I'm like, well, let's put the work in. Let's just let's just train her ass off and learn these tricks and where do you train to learn a, a t backflip tail whip well in california i had they call it a resi mat which is uh it was just a box jump is that that big mat they put yeah, on it's like you could still black. roll away but yep. it's still softer than landing right. on like dirt or yeah and it's it's like slick uh plastic so when yeah. you fall you like slide. nothing great yeah you just slide and it absorbs it and you're it's sitting on top of mattresses okay. mattresses are like the number one because they're they're spring have those springs like older ones and so I had that in my backyard in California. That's where I learned that. Well, right before X Games, so I was like, well, if I'm gonna, if we're gonna move, we need to do it now because I need time to train. So I ordered an airbag. Like it was a landing, but it just inflates up into an airbag. So kind of the same thing, but a little different. Um, so I just had one jump in the backyard, my new place here in Alabama. And I just, just out there just wearing every it out. day, just wearing it out. I was so padded up just in case because <laughs> I didn't want to get hurt so Before close to X Games. Go, yeah. yeah. But I thing. had to learn these tricks. I can't go there and just be like, oh, this racer oh, made dude. it in and can't even hold his own, you know? And um, yeah, just being in the backyard and just sending it. I mean, I was doing double backflips on repeat three times a week. Like, I mean, it was, it was a proper training training program to learn these tricks and put the writing in yeah man i can imagine just the mental battle too of like 
maybe you land your first three tricks and now you've got two left to go. Just the anticipation building. Shit, am I actually going to get this full run in? Yeah. Get all my tricks in without wiping out. Yeah. How far did you make it once you, uh, you qualified for the X Games and actually got invited to go? Do they have qualifiers once you get there or do you just, you're competing? There, how many do we have? I want to say those only because they got to whittle down twelve the crown, to fifteen riders that are getting invited to X Games, okay. and uh, and it starts with those twelve to fifteen. Top three from the following year or the previous year are automatically in automatically. finals, okay. but finals only qualified eight, and I wrecked on that double. Back. So I first run double back through the first jump. I just I I didn't know how to deal with that pressure when you're on that roll in. Like I mean, I've had so many pressures in racing, but when you're on the X Games stage, there's a camera in dude, your face. Dude, the camera is in your face, dude. It's it, oh, it's, dude. it's wild. That and is crazy. Me being a racer, like I'm naturally like have, I naturally have more muscle mass than a lot of the freestyle guys because my whole background is racing, powerlifting, and all this. So I'm a pretty strong guy, especially compared to like the freestyle guys who are a lot more, uh, a lot more got a lot more movement to limber, them. Like, yeah, man. a lot more limber. That's okay. the word I'm looking for. A lot more limber and not saying they don't train at all. They're just different body types. Yeah. So I naturally have a pump, a stronger pump than a lot of the freestyle guys. So a lot of the guys are like pedaling, like taking a pedal on top of the rolling and dropping in. Well, if I did that, I would overshoot the first jump so bad. Flatland. Yeah. yeah. So I had to start right at the front and just roll in and do nothing just because my natural body motion was enough yeah well the camera gets in i had to back up to give them room and i didn't know how to judge my speed so i tried to tiptoe and everything everything i worked on all oh, i'm week sure you was, analyzed it a million times over after the fact oh man yeah and so yeah just uh double backflip was fine i just went deep so i went further down the landing so i just kept turning rocked the back of my head uh went didn't got up went up the roll in for my next run and uh i'm like walking up the stairs like halfway i couldn't remember what my run was i hit my head pretty good i didn't get knocked out but i hit my head got up i'm okay i'm okay whatever and tell the medics like when the medics are checking you know i'm fine i'm fine knowing i'm like man i hit my head good go in the roll go up the roll in i'm like i don't remember what my run was i have no idea like i know where i'm at I know where I, I know this course but i don't know what my tricks what i plan because you got to plan out yeah, your run sure. you know so I, had, I was yelling down to one of the other competitors I trained with. And I'm like, what's my run? Yeah, he was the only one that knew my run. I was like, Ben, Ben. And he came up, he reminded me. And, dude, it's a lot of that whole next run was a blur. I so landed. did you immediately do another run? Or did uh, they give you a minute? It was probably 10 minutes later. I still okay. had the other guy. The other guys other went guys through. And then, and, yeah, they get okay. on the second round. And, yeah, landed the backflip. But when it still went a little low, had bad speed for the next one. So I missed a trick on the next one. The second trick was a double tail whip. And not being under that pressure, I just kind of froze out, missed the first. So I'm going to the, or missed the second trick. So I'm going to the third one. Thing, I just ruined my run. Still double whip, miss a pedal, and then uh, get around the turn, jump out. And the last jump was a 360 bar, like a cork 720, they call it, or a 360 backflip. It's got two names. I did that, just tagged and fell over. So I actually oh, crashed man. twice, but it was the pressure. I didn't know how to, to handle the pressure, and it was, it was a huge learning curve. Yeah, man, I can understand yeah. that. I get nervous just watching. I feel like I was watching some BMX freestyle. YouTube just pops stuff up. It's crazy. And, uh, yeah, they had these the cameras right in their faces, and they're doing it, basically all the the runs. Um, it's like three different runs. And, you know, I guess if you set your score at a certain 
certain uh, level, you don't have to make another run necessarily unless right. somebody else beats you. And then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, now i got to use it. Yeah. And this one guy, he was, like, sitting comfortable, and then another guy scored higher. So then he was like, shit, i got to get back in the, yeah. get my head back in the game. And, uh, yeah, man, I think I've seen uh, some guys do that that corkscrew that you were talking about. It's, mm-hmm. like, a, it's like you're – you're spinning 360 while you're doing a back to the ball wild. at the same yeah. time. Like, it was a wild one. Dude, how do you not get vertigo? Learning that trick was such a headache. I, if I had to go do one right now, I would. I don't remember how to do it. Like It's such a – you have to do everything so right or you'll come in sideways or high. Like Yeah. It was weird. It was a fun time, though. But now, I mean, in the last couple of years, the progression has gone. Like, I'm – like I would love to go do that I was about again. To say, but have you made any other appearances? At the next no. Game well, I mean, the goal finish? was I had, I had I learned a lot from that. I, I learned from my mistakes, and I'm like, next year, I'm I'm, I'm coming in next year, podium capable. Yeah. I mean, I I wanted a X Games medal. That's that's the number one. If I could have anything in the world, it'd be an X oh, Games man, medal. Sure. Yeah. And um, obviously missed out on that. And but next uh, that next year, I'm like I'm coming in ready. I got this new compound in Alabama. I'm building. I'm. I, I had plans to build the identical course. Like I'm going to build this course in my backyard. I'm going to have this thing so dialed. I got a year to prep. Boom. COVID. COVID. Happened. Yeah. God. And then. Uh, yeah. And now it's like it's too. I mean, I got a kid now and yeah. family man, and I'm still racing, but racing is going really well. And maybe I, resting is a little, in some way, a little tad bit less strenuous on your body. Or, yeah. It's or it's less chance for like major impactful uh wrecks yeah it's weird how uh it's weird how you, you say that you're so it's so true but then when i was a racer it's like oh man when i'm training for racing i look at the freestyle world and i'm like man i feel like that'd be so much easier i can just go ride my bike learn yeah. learn these tricks ride your bike but then you go out there and ride your bike learn your tricks you're taking a lot of risk to hit the ground and then not training as at the level of like lifting and stuff. My body felt my body feels way better now than it did in majority of my twenties. But now I'm like, oh man, I'll go back to racing tra- race training. I don't even want to hit the ground anymore. Yeah. Like I hit the ground a lot in that. Want to crash into yeah. the other racers, man? Yeah, yeah. And but the, then you're worried about other dudes. Like other, you got other guys around you to call something. So yeah, dude. it's uh, such a different perspective from both sides, you know. It's wild to see, like, um, how many people typically race in a, in a BMX? Eight at a time. Eight at a time. Yeah. So you got eight, seven other dudes that are, like, yeah. all competing at the same level. You know what I mean? And you're trying to break out front and get away from them because it, all it takes is, like, one guy to go down. And yeah. you're all right on top of each other. And right. a lot of the, you see that happen a lot in Supercross and stuff. It's like, you know, there's nothing worse than coming down and hitting some other guy and he ruins your your run and then some other guy snakes around you and then – once they get out, like, you know, half a lap in front of you, there's no, catch. Cut, there's yeah. no way. Dude. Yeah, Especially no way. BMX is one lap at a time. You get yeah. 20 to 30 seconds, depending it's on the track. It's really fast. Yeah, it's Absolutely. really quick. Yeah. Well, that's cool, dude. So um, so after COVID happened, you were kind of like, well, maybe the X Games thing isn't going to happen anymore, but maybe. Uh, well, you know, it, it took so long. It took so long to get back into the flow of X Games because. I mean, they're obviously such a big company owned by ESPN. They have to hit. They have to check all the boxes for uh, these COVID rules, and and I don't think people realize how much we're like being in Alabama. We're we're got a little hidden gem here. As much as I travel, especially through. I mean, I've traveled my whole life, but now traveling post COVID, it's like, dude, Alabama's pretty nice. Yeah. Compared to like, I mean, I know that's a whole other topic, but man, it's we're pretty laid back compared to majority oh, of the states you know no, I, i'm i think i think a lot of people you know 
professional athletes, uh, celebrities alike kind of realized that, I don't know, yeah, you're right, that is a whole other conversation. But I will say that some of the ways some of the states, I'm not going to name any of them, yeah. how they handled everything in hindsight could have been handled differently. Yeah. And so um, for all the mistakes and stuff we've made as a state, I think it's been a little more laid back, oh, more man. freedom and stuff, and able to kind of live a more or less normal life during yeah. all that shit. So it was wild, wasn't it? <laughs> Crazy, man. But no one knew, right? Everybody was on a I mean I I'm sure we all looked at things so much different. But yeah, as a state, it was like there's no place I would have rather been through COVID yeah. there. Dude, I can imagine Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You got out of California just in time. Yeah, dude. I just got out and it was it's wild. Because they yeah. had like full blown lockdowns and everything. Oh, it's, yeah. It's wild. It's wild. So being out here, um, uh, let's fast forward to present day. Uh, I know you're doing the racing thing. I think you said you're you actually I caught you in a window while you're in town, but you've actually got uh, you'll be leaving soon to go back out. I assume more racing. Well, I actually fly down to Columbia next week. Next week, so wow. yeah, I'll be in Columbia for just under two weeks. Columbia, okay. Yeah. What do they got going on for, in Columbia, uh, man? It's the final round of the World Cup um, okay. racing, which I actually don't do the World Cup stuff anymore. Um, Again, that I I let that go back in 2016, but I do a lot of coaching for kids. And while I'm on the road, since I'm on the road all the time, um, I do a lot of clinics. Like I'll do a lot of clinic at a, either at the track that we're going to to race or hit a hit a track along the way. From there's so many tracks around the country that don't have a local pro. They don't have that guidance from someone or someone just to go to. And so I started doing a lot of clinics like that. I mean, I was a kid that grew up doing clinics from uh other pros that traveled and um so i just kind of naturally started doing i've done clinics my whole life not so much when i went to california it's just it's more of a east how do i say that like it just doesn't have it's not as easy to do clinics out west as it is east okay in the south it's just smaller i'm sure it's where i was in california because a lot of kids are very appreciative of the clinics no matter where we're at but anyways I do a lot of those on my YouTube channel. I do a lot of how-to stuff because as much as I love doing the clinics in front of people, uh, I mean, you know what? I mean, social media can reach so many more people. So, sure. um, yeah, I started How started to do a double backflip. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So you're out there like showing kids how to do tricks. Yeah. So I got, I started doing a lot of that stuff and then I'm just found myself, I'm traveling, uh, my main sponsor Mercedes Benz, so I uh, yeah, travel so rocking that Mercedes yeah. hat, man. I was like, is he sponsored by Mercedes? That's yeah, cool. they're my title sponsor. So um, yeah, I travel the whole country in uh in my Mercedes 170 Sprinter van. Yeah, man, your van life, that's cool. Yeah, that's it's awesome. awesome. Then I have my wife, and my baby girl, with me at all times. So I don't really do long answer to your question. I don't really do the international stuff so much. But since I've been doing all this coaching. I think I can talk to the kids in a different way than a normal coach because I don't like the label of myself as a coach because not that I don't want to be. I just don't I don't trust. I feel like I have a, a little lack of knowledge to be a coach. You know, I can okay. teach you how to ride a bike. I can give you give you a lot of those basics. But a coach gives, gives you the training program and a set schedule. And I don't know how to do all that stuff. But anyways, USA Cycling reached out to me, asked me to be involved with one of their World Cup camps just pretty much a rider in my, I call it a rider for the riders. And so now I'm doing back doing the world cup season with USA cycling with our, um, future Olympians. 
but I don't have to race now, which is hey, nice. that's it's cool. Like I can sit back and be a fan and help these guys out. Yeah. So that's what Columbia is. I was in Europe a couple months ago for um. Dude, that is awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah you don't have cool. to risk breaking your neck anymore. So yeah, I used to cool. go all these races stressing out the whole time to race myself. Now I can just fly down, no stress all week, help out the other guys, never have to get on the gate worrying about who's going to take me out. <laughs> you know so i've always it's a cool opportunity it, i always thought it'd be super cool for something like the x games or any kind of professional sport to be like uh on the commentating you know just like talking about mm. the sport and stuff that'd be cool um but yeah man so are you racing at all these days i mean i think you, you oh yeah, you yeah. You no just i'm got off of yeah a time on the road and we stuff. just got back from louisville kentucky uh i'm actually up so when I came back, I started racing the vet class of the 30 and over Okay, pro. and you said you're doing better now than you've ever Yeah, I mean, sponsors, just everything as a package is great. I'm yeah. still, I'm not in that highest pro class, which I know I'm, I'm still right at that level. Um, not going to go win that class like I do in the vet class, but I'm 35 years old and I don't really, I, I have zero interest to be racing, getting in on the gate with a 20 year old that's trying to make a name for just himself. Like Cause really I know what, yeah, I know what that drive is like. I know what that fire is like at 20 years old being in the pro class, you know, and I don't, I don't want to be on the wrong side of one of those elbows. Ooh, and, yeah, uh, dude. but I still look at myself as that athlete. I mean, it's still ego. I still, I still look at myself as a pro BMX racer right at that level. When I do mountain bike events, I still ride the elite and the pro class. But BMX is a different, definitely a, a different engine. You yeah. know, it's a. Uh, well, and then, well, from the outsider, it's a much smaller bike, obviously. Um, yeah, 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 much smaller bike. And then, like we said, it's it's eight dudes on the gate, so it's me and seven other guys, and my family is a little more important. Not, I, I would love to be riding at that in that class, but anyway, so I race the vet, vet class now, and I'm in the. I have a pretty big lead for the championship uh, this year now, which is really Dude, cool, awesome. and. Uh, there's three, there's three pro titles in America that you can get. There's the pro cruiser class, uh, which is actually doesn't exist anymore. There's the vet class, and then obviously the pro men class. So it's kind of cool. That's like the drive. Not that again, ego. Like I don't want to be labeled as this vet pro guy, you know, because I know where my level still still lies. Right. But the risk reward, and uh, so I have the very last pro cruiser title that was given out. Now I am uh, have a good shot of winning this Vet Pro Cup. So it's like, oh, well, that's two out of three brought back to brought yeah, back to Alabama, cool. which I don't even think any of them actually exist on the East Coast. Out, I don't think any of them exist east of Texas. Really? So if I can get two, so coming to the end of this year, have two of the three main Pro Cups would be cool. And, That'd be awesome, dude. Yeah. When is that? When does the season wrap? I mean, how many November, more races? Okay. Thanksgiving weekend. So I have I go to Columbia next weekend as the in a coaching role. I come back on I come back on a Monday, turn around and drive to Tampa, Florida Tuesday for the next race. Um, you take an, a max amount of scores in the grand. So you can only win eight races. And then like so after that, like I won my eight races two or three races ago. So now I've been racing just a block, just to keep other people from winning. Just to really? keep my oh, points, just to lead keep your high. points lead. Yeah. So well, so it's defensive racing at this point. You're not right. Really, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. Exactly. So cool. we have Florida coming up and um yeah, we're getting closer and closer to the Grand Nationals, which is our championship. And when these last there's Florida and then California has an event, which I'm probably not gonna go to the California one. I'm just gonna use that as a good training block. That okay. gives me like a little less than two months to train to make sure I'm at my peak. 
for the championship. So, where's yeah. the championship held? Tulsa, Oklahoma. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, which okay. is actually the new headquarters of USA BMX. Good center hub for everybody to kind of. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. more centrally located. Middle, not much going on in Tulsa, but it's a cool, it's a cool town, especially with that. I mean, they have one of the most beautiful track, probably one of the best tracks in in the world well i wouldn't say world but one of the one of the best tracks as far as uh it just it's a little more tamed down that's why i don't that's why i don't label it best in the world but it, yeah. the place is beautiful under a huge arena so you ride year round oh wow okay yeah, yeah it, awesome. it's really cool they put a lot of money into that and it's huge for the sport so do you cool travel to, to do a lot of your training or do you do a lot of that in the state uh I, tr I try to do it at home that's why i bought my property out okay. where i'm at just because i want to do everything i'm a homebody as much as I'm out on the you road. Yeah, a nice I mean. place, man. Anybody that follows your Instagram account, you post some stuff where you're just like mowing grass. And, yeah. You know, it's kind of yeah. cool. And it's like, man, I think that's rad, you know, having like a big piece of property. And kind it's, of just, it's cool. You know, have some space to yourself, but yeah. also I guess you have your own track and stuff out there where you yeah. can train. And Part of not being home enough, you know, it's I have a the, the goal is to build a track. One's already started, but I haven't haven't even ridden any of it yet because it's just it's time. You know, the summer is so busy for me. So yeah, man, I'm really looking forward to the off season. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind another global pandemic right about now. Just Give me some to, downtime. Dude, just I to think be a lot home people, for six months. Yeah, a lot of people took advantage of that. So do you ride? Um, I mean, we see you up at Oak Mountain. Yeah, so day. every yeah. Tuesday I go out. So after this, um, that's why I brought my bike with me today on the Harley. Okay. I'll, I'll head to Oak Mountain and get my Tuesday training in. Um, but, yeah, I really just do that. Just I go to Oak Mountain and do all my training at home. That way I can just being home is my, my vacation nowadays sure. as much as I'm gone. So. Well, you said your wife, I guess she travels with you mostly. Is that? Oh, yeah. Is that they, what, okay. Yeah, they go everywhere with me. So That's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, so you can take your family with you and stuff. Because um, I know a lot of professional athletes, you know, maybe not have that luxury and um, missing their families, you know, yeah. a lot. So that's a big sacrifice to pursue something, especially like racing in any capacity where you're just traveling the country or the world, you know, pursuing a, a title or something like that. And yeah. all the time you're missing being home. So. You say you train on Tuesdays and stuff, and and I want to go back to an earlier point that you made that you said you were going to Florida kind of in your earlier days because the competition was more in the Florida scene than it was in Birmingham. Have you seen the scene? It's a two-part question. One, have you seen the scene in Birmingham change in any way as, as regarding like BMX or people coming up in the sport? And two, when you go to train, how do you push yourself to like be better? Do you have like some dudes you ride with that are – pushing you to be are you just doing like time trials against yourself or I mean, what does that look like uh it's so the training part I, i'm very self-motivated it's i mean i grew up that way so well you're blessed man because a lot yeah. of people lack that so yeah i mean i do have my days for sure it's, it's really hard to to kind of get going for sure especially now that i'm getting when i'm now that i'm getting older when i was younger it's just i there was one goal yeah. so it was easy to self-motivate when i'm riding with 12 year olds of the track with no competition but since i was self-motivated and i didn't have any competition i always went into a race with a good mindset um because no one beats me at home so i, I was always full of confidence. well maybe that gives you the competitive edge where you can like kind of relax a little bit where somebody else has yeah, got yeah. you standing next to them about yeah, to get yeah. off the line and they're like oh shit i gotta get it i gotta give 110 percent right yeah now. you know what yeah I mean? maybe yeah. i don't know absolutely no it, it's i mean when i moved to california i was actually my best year was my last year in, in alabama when i moved to california like oh you gotta be there you gotta have this competition and i mean i would go to the track twice a week and then it would be i would have 
your Olympic medalist, your New Zealand, uh, your New Zealand Olympian. Uh, one of the Australian Olympians was my roommate at the time. Like, like, oh shit! Okay, this yeah, is like yeah. the big leagues now. Yeah, because yeah, I'm in the capital. I mean, where I lived was the capital of the sport. You know, yeah. at the time, and um, yeah. So you you don't the gate no matter what day of the week. You're you got heavy hitters. You got yeah. some of the best of the best. The uh, 2008 and 2012 gold medals, Maris a Latvian rider, lived local. So we all train together. So you might come in today where you're feeling fresh, like you're winning laps, and then you come in while you've been training for three days, and then you go to a track day, but so someone else hasn't trained all week, so they're coming in fresh. So mentally, it was really I I didn't know how to do that, you know. So being back home is actually I'm I'm back to being the athlete I used to be because I can just focus on my own thing. I don't have all these distractions. I mean, there's a lot of, move to California, there's a lot, as you can imagine, there's a lot of distractions with, especially the lifestyle that I was about to say, man, the lifestyle, you seem to have navigated it well, you're in good shape and stuff, but I see a lot of people, you know, um, obviously just following the kind of the skateboarding culture and scene and stuff. You see a lot of dudes that are doing like the SLS and, and, you know, um, competition style skating do well but then you know you look at just the lifestyle of like kind of any extreme sport seems to be in excess and in, in lots of ways oh yeah um it's, so uh, you have a lot at your fingertips that's yeah for sure. man, trying to navigate yeah. that and not get wrapped up in like you know partying or drinking and really staying driven um i, I can imagine it's, it's a big hard challenge yeah, yeah it's hard and uh oh, yeah, i would never definitely not say i didn't go down those paths you know like yeah. i mean i i uh I'm one. Of, I'm all about experiences. So there's a lot of stuff. Okay, that, yeah, I'll uh, try it once, man. Why yeah, not? yeah, yeah. So I mean, nothing I would change. Nothing I would right. I regret or would take back or anything. But it was it was a uh, just a section, a chapter of my life. You know. What do you but, think about the the current scene? And and um, we've had several people on this podcast, kind of encycling in, in lots of different uh, aspects of the sport. Uh, you know, people doing mountain biking and, and um, a lot of street cyclists. You know, we had some guys on from uh, – shout out to Redemptive Cycles, really cool. Uh, have you seen, like, a bigger – or a change in any way as far as, like, Sorry, new I people can, coming to the sport? I kind of sidetracked Well, no, no. I, dude, I'm all about sidetracks, just trying to keep my own brain straight yeah. and stuff. So You know, I don't – it's hard to say because I do I do try to pay attention, but at the same time, I've, I juggle so many different things. It's really hard to – actually see the growth um i wouldn't say i wouldn't say it's that i wouldn't say it's bigger from years before but the guy marshall mooney who runs oak mountain now he i think he's doing a great job i want to say he like had like 25 new signups last week in this little development program he did out of the track and he's very passionate about about the track and making it nice and i mean he's out there every single day yeah and it's it's crazy i mean it, it's awesome to see i just i wish i had more more time in my day to help him out you know because i love seeing his passion for it his uh his son is 12 sorry marshall <laughs> if you watch this i forget how old his son is but he's he's like kind of the into the, the sport writing so. yeah yeah well he's like kind of he's an up-and-comer he's okay. got a he's got very good potential um that's one thing i hate to even say it but it's the truth i don't see not to not to bring it back myself but no one has f- kind of filled my footsteps 
Okay. In the years, and I say that because so we don't have I, any pros coming up out of Alabama that you're aware of, at least not, not yet. yet okay. But I want to see it, you know, yeah. and that's why I don't do it. I don't say that in a, like a ego or a selfish way, but I want someone. You know, my time is gonna run out. I want to see someone come through and hopefully me be being back in Alabama I can help develop something like that but I mean I was gone for 10 years and there's just somebody not, listening right there it's like screw that Barry guy man I'm yeah gonna be just I'm gonna be better than him dude. you know but hopefully whoever sees you go this, whatever hopefully yeah. they, you, they work harder yeah. you know we gotta we gotta clean up the act a little bit and there's a couple of them and they, they'll probably know who I'm talking about okay. but you just you need to I mean I, I can only give so much advice you know you can only lead the horse to the water right yeah. uh so, yeah, it's well, uh, but it's as far as the actual sport. I mean, it's doing good. It's not huge. It's we're in the middle of Alabama, so it's not. But a lot of local scenes, as much as I do coaching around the country, we're actually pretty on par with okay. a lot of tracks. It's just I think a lot of people compare to Florida or California, where the scenes are the biggest. Really, Florida is like the spot to be. Like when I was growing up, everybody wanted to be in California. Yeah, you just go to California. You now I'm looking at magazines and finally got there and now. Yeah, they seem to be not. the hub for every action sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just so expensive now, and now everybody's going back to Florida, which is cool, which it started like probably 40 years after I moved to California. I'm like, oh, now you guys, like, yeah. we have like three Olympic-level tracks on the East Coast now. I'm like, I moved to California to ride these tracks. Like, yeah. why are we getting, you know, it's just bad timing. And, uh, yeah, we have one. Uh, amazing one in South Carolina. We have one in Louisville that we just raced. We have one. Uh, we have two of them down in Florida. Like the they're huge, like three story tall starting hills. Jeez, the Olympic level golly, tracks. That's and, crazy. Yeah. So there's a couple down in Florida now. With Florida has amazing tracks. They have a good race scene. They have a good pro scene. So you always have good. I mean, I, I raced the full pro series down in Florida. It's always been. It's kind of like a stepping stone for East Coast riders going into the pro class. Like you want to have that pro, that Florida pro title, because yeah, it's just a state title, but it's like heavy it means hitters. More you know? than yeah, the, you know, it, one it, from Idaho or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's like you win a you win the Florida pro title. It's like all right, it's like okay. you're legit. Guys, yeah, yeah you're legit, legit yeah. if you're doing that. So, dude, that's awesome, man. Well, yeah. I wish you all the you know all the luck in the world uh, with your championship run coming up uh, this. Would you say November? November, Thanksgiving weekend. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So and just to up. recap, uh, you admit you kind of casually threw out World Championship earlier. When mm -hmm. did you win? What are some of the biggest titles that you were actually able to uh, to take home? So that was amateur 2003 Worlds in Perth, Australia. Um, I won that won that World oh, Championship nice, and uh, that had a, it was. Is funny. that like the biggest achievement that you think, or, uh, or as an amateur? As an amateur, for sure. Yeah. For sure, as an go amateur. to Australia, take home a championship. Yeah, yeah that's a big deal. Yeah. And uh, it, I had a funny. It's just a funny story that goes with it. On the plane right over there, I was sixteen, wasn't old enough to have tattoos. I'm covered in tattoos now, but I always I love tattoos since I was growing up. And I told my mom if I win worlds, like it, we made a bet. If I win worlds, I get a tattoo. You know, it's just and mom was like, "Yeah, sure, sure thinking whatever. like you're not gonna win worlds," you know. And, um, which I didn't, was just throwing it out there. I'm just here to ride my bike in Australia, whether it's worlds or a local race, I'm just going to this race and ended up winning the thing. Came home, got my first tattoo at 16 years old at some guy south of Pelham, mom uh, with the heart. One eye. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was actually, I have, I have the mom heart. Oh under, yeah. I underneath. do too, man. Yeah. I got the mom. Yeah. Heart. There you go. It was a, 
it was a tribal band, you know, it was like tribal well, band. well, well yeah, after <laughs> awesome. Whenever tribal bands were cool, it was still well after that era, but I was 16 and that's what I wanted. And yeah, I got it from this guy with one eye down in, I think, Clara or okay. something. Do we you had remember a, the name of the shop or anything? I don't. No. I, could t- I could probably take you right to it. But uh, every time I pass the exit, I'm like, oh, that's one eye Tom the pirate or something. Tattoo artist yeah. out there. He's listening. And then um, in the pro level, uh, I won the pro cruiser title, which is just the 24-inch bike. Pro, still the pro class, just a second discipline. They used to, we used to call it the ATM class. So it was just extra money. You okay. know, where a lot of the pros race that one for just those extra, just for extra cash, extra bonuses for sponsors. I won that in um, 2010. Uh, 2008 is the year I was winning a lot, and then I just did, I cracked under pressure. I was up for the pro title, pro championship that year, and I just couldn't handle it. Just didn't know how to. It's too young to handle that pressure. And um, yep. So won the pro cruiser title 2010, 2011. I was on the way to winning, and again I was leading the points like I'm currently in with my current class, and they just they can the, the class like I had the the points wrapped up, but come championship like towards the end of the year, people stopped racing. It was like well. Barry's got Barry's got the points going, so it's probably probably not going to catch Barry right now. So a lot of people started slowly stop racing it. Like, well, I'll just focus on this other class. Well, by the time we got to Grands, no one signed up for it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. So uh, that's a drag. Um, yeah. You're like, so, come on, guys. So I didn't get the championship that year. Like the cut, the 2011 Cup is still sitting out in Arizona at the uh, at one that the USA BMX saw. It was never given out because technically I didn't get the title. We didn't finish the season. So well, you're a winner went, in mine. Yeah. yeah. And then um, what else? And I went through the Olympic trials. Uh, but man, you said you never actually made the Olympic think. team. I, yeah, I missed out on the Olympic team. I got I got second in the Olympic trials, and only first place was the one that went. We get rider three riders that get to go. There's a um, there's you win you lead in the World Cup points for, as far as the U.S. riders up until that race. Uh, I was like top four of those guys, so I didn't get the first pick. So the second pick went down to trials. They invited your top eight Olympic. Uh, they call it the long to Olympic long team, the top eight hopefuls. And uh, every lap people get eliminated and it comes down to like your final four and the winner of the final four gets the next ticket to Olympics. Uh, and I got second behind Man, Corbin. Right Shura. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I look back now and it, it's, it was a good way to step away from it. Cause Cause I was the guy that always had all these distractions. Like I did, I did mountain biking. I did the freestyle stuff. I just wanted to experience all this stuff in racing. This stuff yeah. that I didn't have growing up in Alabama. I had my little yard with some jumps down in Wetumpka and I had Oak Mountain, you know. But I always wanted to do all this stuff I see in the magazines. So when I got to California, all this was at my fingertips. Like I need to experience all this when I while I can. Yeah. So. I didn't have that 100% focus to go to Olympics, but the guy like Corbin Sherrod, he is like he is one of my favorite riders to watch to to this day and but he puts 100% focus. So he definitely deserved to go to Olympics over me. And then like I said, I ended up a couple of years later I ended up making X Games, which that was my like I was completely fine with not making Olympics because my Olympics was X Games, X and games, I checked yeah. that box. Didn't get a medal like I really wanted, but still got to compete. That's more than a lot of people ever get to do. Yeah, yeah. There's not many racers who have done. I mean, there's very few racers who have done that, been at that level of two different disciplines. Two different disciplines. Yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's not many people it. do it anyway. So it's not like there's a big field. It's very rare. 
thing, yeah. but jack of all trades, master of none. That's, but rather be rather be jack of all than man. master of yeah. one. Yeah, that's cool. When you took that that bump on the head um, at the Olympic or the X Games, uh, did you ever get checked out after? I mean, did, no. did you have a concussion or anything? No, I'm you sure know? I did. Oh, okay. I've had enough concussions to determine that was probably another one. <laughs> that was my next question. How many? Uh, and not to go into too many gory details, but uh, you said you did mention that hit. You mentioned blowing your knee out uh, when you first moved to California. Any other major injuries or setbacks that kind of took away from? Oh yeah, I. I mean, I got a bunch of screws and plates in my my ankle, my right ankle. Do you ankle. ever want to ask this question? I mean, I know you're crashing. You're, you're oh, I don't. It's part right of there, it, but yeah, that's part yeah. of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I got metal in my ankle, uh, blown out both my knees. Uh, I've had I've had back fractures, which luckily they didn't never were never worse than what they are. I got metal in both my collarbones, wrist. Oh, I mean, God, dude, that's yeah, so crazy. Couldn't even list the amount of concussions that I've had. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, my craziest one was, first time, I've had a lot of concussions, but it's very rare I've got, I hit my head and get knocked out. It's always like, I get up and boom, I lose. Did, I don't know what happened, you know, but I'm, I'm awake. Conscious. Yeah, I'm conscious. Yeah. Um, when I was 15, I actually hit my head so hard, I like knocked me out and had a seizure on the oh track gosh, and it, that was dude. a tough one especially my mom I mean, my mom my mom was right there and um she's like you're done <laughs> yeah <laughs> no nah, i mean she she knew she knew not to take she couldn't take bikes yeah, away yeah. from me you know and that's just that was my outlet to life like yeah. that was just riding bikes and it's well, cool to have supportive parents you know, yeah i awesome. couldn't have asked for better parents when it comes to that man it was yeah super grateful I and mean, we didn't come for money or anything but they did everything they could to make sure i got to the races and that they, they knew like that's that's, I, I played baseball it, yeah. too, but like BMX was my sure. Yeah, I, once I got into high school, it was like, I wasn't bad at baseball. Um, I'm, I'm short and stocky. I was catcher, and it was like, all right, you're either playing ba- high school baseball, or you're gonna focus on BMX. I'm like, yep, cool. easy choice. Yeah, yeah, easy. I'm going to BMX. How much longer do you think you'll pursue it as as far as on a professional level? Uh, I don't know, but I think about it a lot to be honest. Um, I, like I said, I came back in this during pre-COVID. I had there was no, I didn't even see the the finish line yet. You know, it's like I've still got these goals, and then go back to racing, and now training at the level that I'm training. Uh, last 2021 season was like COVID. They had that race, so it was one race. I'm like I'll just go race vet. Um, it went really good. I'll like, oh, just race a full season. Season kicked back in 2021, which is pretty fun. Enjoyed it. Won a bunch of races. Didn't win the tie. Got second overall, but the goal wasn't. I ended up winning the. Uh, the rider of the pro of the year which was the first vet pro to ever win that that title last wow, year okay pro and, uh, of the year man yeah that's awesome dude. so that was really cool that was that one that's like the fans votes that one's yeah. super that's a, that's a championship to me you know it's sure. like because there can only be one champion but there can be like and 99.9 percent of the riders out there they're not going to be champions in the pro yeah. class so that's just how it is there can only be one so I want to market to that 99% of riders, you know. Um, I was just that kid who just loved to ride the bike at it, and, and so yeah, that's that's my market. So winning that winning that award was was super big for me. It meant a lot. Um, so yeah, I won that, and then uh, like the YouTube stuff had all this like good support, and uh, yeah, and now here we are, 2022. I'm up for the title. I've put more focus into this year than I have any of my other my elite days because I was always that guy with distractions and I would do all this. I can never just just 
put my head down and just focus for a year. You know, it's like I get a couple months in, I'm board racing. I want to do. I want to do this. I want to do that. I do yeah. That. yeah. I feel so <laughs> the that was the biggest. That's one of my biggest drives for this year. It's uh, yes, I want to win this title. Focus. Yeah, but more to prove myself. Like I can be that champion rider, even though it's not the pro class. Like I just need to prove it myself that you can get through a year. I mean, back in April, I started having to kind of a. I had my one bad race this year. It was I was over it, and it's like uh, April. I'm like, dude, this is. This is your problem your entire career. It was such a eye-opening experience having that weekend. It's like you're doing what you did your whole career. Like you're mm-hmm. it's April and you're over it. Like cut stop. Like you let's just focus for one year. So that was a good kick in the ass and then uh I went for up until last weekend I hit the starting gate and I got second in that race and that was uh that would have been like five weekends in a row like 28 laps undefeated so far i just started like no you know you need to really focus but man i'm getting tired feeling it yeah i'm feeling it so but i don't i don't know i have another contract i have another year on my contract with pretty much all my sponsors i don't want to i don't want to step away but i just don't realistically know what another year or two is going to hold i mean i turned 36 this year and i feel great but I am noticing, uh, like the other day, I'm laying in bed, like man, my shoulder's just hurting and stuff like that. It's all that so, metal you get in there, man. Yeah. Like- so it's it's not that I'm like, oh, I'm I'm gonna go to this year. It's kind of like I'm just going going with the flow. Yeah. I would like to rate. I would like to be the oldest dude out there doing it. You know, like holy shit, Barry just won the. Actually, the guy who won the vet title last year was a was one of the pros I grew up watching. He was oh, 40, wow. 39 or forty. And uh, dude. dude, he's he's pulling. I don't, that's, yeah, that's I don't, it was that's incredible. Yeah, it was very impressive. So I don't know if I don't know if I could make it that far, but it'd be cool to take that title from him and win it as the oldest dude. Maybe a year later, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I want the oldest one. There you go. But I don't know. I, it's just right now. I'm just uh, one season at a time and just seeing yeah, almost one month at a time. To be honest, that's really had to because you probably get into your head too much. You know, like I know a lot of this is like a mental battle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As far, apart from like physical skills you need to, to race at a high level and stuff but just getting it through your head just being able to focus and dial it in you know like, yeah uh, i know that's a struggle for a lot of people so. yeah well dude that's i mean hard. i wish you all the best going forward and this has been rad okay. getting to talk to you for a little bit and hear about what you have going on so yeah. thanks for agreeing to come on this is sick absolutely and uh kind of uh, i'll always preface every conversation with i don't know a lot about you said master of none that's kind of me we have a lot of different people that come on here and talk about all kinds of different topics and stuff so i feel like i learned something this is cool you know it's i'll just say this just because just since we're on the master of none i actually just i've heard that my whole life the jack of all trades master of none and that that fits my personality mm-hmm. very well and then i just saw you know like all the reels and uh memes and stuff there's you know everything's like a voiceover for reels now sure. well, there's a new one that I have saved, I have saved in my phone. That's uh, Jack of all. It's a it's a female talking Jack of all trades, master of none. But it's it's not the whole quote. And then I'm trying to learn, been trying to think of a way to put it in a reel. But the whole qu- quote, uh, I know I'm gonna miss the this one part. But oh, Jack it, so. Jack of all trades, master of none. Jack, but Jack of some. Wait. But master, master of, of some, master of some, or jack of some is better than. I almost want to pull it up. It's uh, it's, oh, it's saved it in there. Um, master of none. But it was uh when I when I heard it though it was it was actually super inspiring just for myself to hear it knowing being that guy, 
And uh, it's just the middle of this reel. It's like, oh, I need to edit out the middle of it because it kind of drags on. Jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Yep. That's, that's pretty it. cool. That's yeah, I, cool, I don't think right? I've ever heard that whole yeah, phrase. Yeah. You know. Me neither. I just recently heard it, and that's been hearing that. I was like, man, I wish I would have heard that kind of years ago. And which, oftentimes which is cool. better than a master of one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So one guy who just sits down playing chess all day in his basement and becomes a chess master. I'd rather experience, like you yeah, said, yeah, man, that's, like it's about experience the world through cycling yeah. and stuff, and um, just all the cool things you've gotten to do and experience. Yeah. You know, like. I would trade that any day for then, you know, just maybe one trophy on my shelf or something. Yeah. Like, that's cool. I mean, I have nothing but respect for uh, so many of the, those champions out there. You know, it's just we all have different goals. You know, it's you don't have to. And I think I've gotten wrapped up in that through the years. Like, we, we go to Olympics. We're BMXers. That's what we do, you know. And, um, yeah, I was I was with another athlete for a while that she she went. And it's just kind of like – it's just what was ingrained. That was my lifestyle. And I just found myself, my goals ended up being everybody else's goals, you know? And, but that's not how I get caught in the flow of things. Like, well, this is what I'm supposed to want. Yeah. Yeah. That's what everybody else wants. Right. So there's like, there's some, there's going to be someone when the, the pro, the pro men title this year, but I want that. Like, like last year, I want the pr- the uh, people's choice, the award people's or whatever. choice. Yeah. That was mine because like it's just everybody's goals are so different, you know. And and uh, I kind of I needed that reminder. I lost that for a while. That that was just I was tra- chasing all these other goals. And I need to be yeah. chasing Barry's goal, you know. Well, you got quite the following, man. You got about ninety thousand people that follow you just on Instagram. So oh, yeah, nice. dude, that's I'm trying cool, to get dude. to that hundred. Get long enough. <laughs> well, man, this has been sick, man. Thank you for coming. Appreciate Thanks for it. having me. This is fun.